Hello everyone. So today I'm going to talk about a topic that if I'm being honest I didn't really want to talk about it because it's a really controversial topic but God really pressed it down on me and made sure that I do it so here I am. <laughs> anyway, the reason why this topic is controversial is because everyone has their own opinion and I'll be a liar and I'll be wrong if I don't admit that I myself also have my own opinion. So why why talk about leadership and politics in this country? The truth of the matter is I'm also a citizen just like you. So whatever happens to you happens to me. Whatever when things go wrong and they affect you they also affect me. So that is enough ground for me to talk about this. The other reason is this country might not have been founded explicitly on Christian principles and values, but it was founded on principles consistent with Christianity. So I can give a Christian perspective in all this. And another reason why I really needed to talk about this is because in our lives we've always had this thing of categorizing and compartmentalizing things as sacred and secular. And we see things as family life and religion as sacred, while we see things as entertainment and politics as secular. The real truth of the matter is there are no sacred and secular things. There are just things, issues and topics and it's us human beings who have perverted and reverted issues and thus making them secular and issues like politics have been perverted to the extent that we now see them as secular and the more reason why we need to talk about this and such issues because as Christians we are called to be the salt and the light in everything that we do in everywhere we go in everything that we say we are supposed to be the change that we want to see in the world and if the past is anything to go by anything that Christians have neglected to talk about anything that the church has failed to talk about it has given the world a chance to pervert it for example issues like money and sexual relations these are issues that when we were growing up the church didn't really talk about it that much because they were considered taboo and now the world has really messed up our perspectives on such issues and don't you think it's also funny that the church may not talk about leadership and politics openly but when it's time for elections where do politicians go to get their support pre corona there was at least one politician every single sunday without fail pushing his or her agenda in the churches before the congregation so instead of allowing the political world to infiltrate the church it's time for the church to infiltrate the political world you see as christians we can be holy as much as we want we can play church all we want we can be christians all we want but we can only represent christ outside the four walls of the church and the old system clearly wasn't working the old way wasn't working because it's gotten us here in a point where we have poor leadership and poor politicians and this is where it's gotten us so it's time for us to change our approach insanity has been defined as doing the same thing over and over again while expecting different results so it's time to change our perspectives it's time to change our approach and one of the things that kenyans need to change is how we choose our leaders we need to stop picking and electing leaders who have no conclusive plans for their electorates the bible says where there's no vision the people perish another version and another translation says that where there is no vision the people cast off restraint meaning that they don't care part of the reason why our politicians behave the way they behave is because they know that they don't owe us anything apart from what they said through their word of the mouth there's nothing else there's no plan that they gave us there's no manifesto that we can hold them accountable to that you said you'll do this 30 things and there are only two that you've accomplished where are the other 28 we cannot hold them accountable to such standards and that is just part of the problem 
And the Bible again in Exodus chapter 18, it shows us how we're supposed to pick our leaders. It says we should pick leaders who fear the Lord, who hate bribes and are trustworthy. Do our leaders really fear the Lord? Because if you fear the Lord, you need to treat the Lord's people in a manner that shows that you actually fear the Lord. The Bible says that you should love your neighbors as you love yourselves. Lord Atkins in Donahue versus Stevenson simplified this, that the principle love your neighbor in law becomes you should not harm your neighbor, you should not injure your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? Any person to whom your actions directly affect. And now we see that the leaders are supposed to protect us, the leaders who are supposed to love us as they love themselves, they're demolishing our houses. At this period, they, this couldn't have come at a worse time. It's not like this bigger fish to fry except the COVID-19 pandemic. What is it that they want to build that is such an emergency other than what we are facing right now? Do our leaders really hate bribes? It is hard to say, but the truth is some of them were only elected because they bribed some of the electorates. And when they got to parliament, it has been shown that sometimes they go to toilets and issue bribes so that they can pass motions and bills which are controversial. Are they really trustworthy? We have leaders who have track records of insubordination, of misappropriation, of corruption. And yes, we can give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they were not involved or they didn't know what was happening. But for those of you who have watched Suits, you know Harvey Specter very well. At some point, he gives a story of when he was 13 years old. His younger brother was being bullied countless times by some certain guy. And when he had had enough, he went to the guy's father and said that your child is disruptive, he's disturbing other children, he's bullying these children. And the child's father said that he didn't know that the child was disruptive. He didn't know that his child was all these things. And Harvey Specter said that the problem with this parent is it was his job to know. So similarly, all these leaders who are saying or claiming that they didn't take part in the misappropriation, yes, Maybe you didn't take part, but it, it was your job to know. It was your job to know exactly what was happening under your nose. And this is not just me saying it. The Bible says that leaders should be careful and diligent with their resources. It's not just me saying because the Bible says that people should be diligent with their flock and be diligent with their hearts for riches don't last forever. So they should take care of our resources. And it all comes down to the one thing, integrity. You see, integrity comes from within. It's not something that you can learn on the job. We have leaders who they had taken part in corruption in the private sector and are now coming into the public sector. Do you know how good you have to be to cover your tracks for you to get away with corruption in the private sector? So if these are the same people who are coming into the public sector, where the standards of the checks and balances, the standards of supervision are so low, how much more do you think they can get away with? And it's funny how one of the least integrous governments in the world, yes, I did say the world, because the U.S. News and World Report of 2018 ranked Kenya as the ninth most corrupt country in the world. And now in 2020, we've moved up a space to eighth place. And yes, one of the least integrous governments in the world is operating without an auditor general. Let me rephrase that. One of the worst, one of the most corrupt countries in the world is operating without the one person who is supposed to supervise the expenditure of the government. And you see, it's such disregard of the law that makes countries descend into anarchy. It's just the truth. You see, our constitution is one of the most progressive in the world, that all we need to do is just follow it to the latter. And all these economic wrangles, political wrangles, social wrangles, most of them will be sorted out. All you need to do is follow it. And you see, it's such disregard of the constitution that made Kenya resemble how it resembled in the 80s and the 90s. And isn't it all coming back? 
the arbitrary decisions, the lack of due process. Miguna Miguna was forcefully removed from this country despite more than 15 court orders ordering the government to reinstate him back into his home country. It is not that he was a foreigner here. No, he is a Kenyan-born citizen and he was removed from his country. And you see, the Bible says that where there is injustice, there is instability because Kenyans are not stupid. Kenyans are seeing how their leaders are behaving and they are like, if the rules don't apply to them, why should they apply to us? Let me just give you an example. When the COVID-19 pandemic struck Kenya, there were safety measures and guidelines which were made laws. There was the ban on social gatherings. There was the cessation of movement in and outside Nairobi. There was the curfew, the dust dawn curfew, which operated from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m., which is now operating from 9 p.m. to 4 a.m. There were all these things that were used to help prevent the further spread of the disease. But now we see our politicians are still organizing political meetings. They're still moving in and out outside Nairobi as they want. They're still violating the dust down curfew. So if they're behaving like this, what is to stop us as Kenyans from drinking, from parking our cars in Gong Hills and drinking ourselves away? No, I'm not saying it's right or it's justified. It's wrong and those who are doing it should stop it. If not for your sake, but for the greater good of Kenya as a community. Yes, they should stop it. But why should they be punished for the same things politicians are getting away with? Why? Literally, on Sunday, Mutahi Kagwe, the CS in charge of health, said that the safety measures and guidelines that were in place are still in place. On Monday, literally a day after, the president convened a meeting of him and his ruling party in KICC. And this is what Linus Kaikai was talking about when he said, if I'm to quote him, that the politicians are behaving as if there's a special trail that has been carved for them by nature. And you'd think that this meeting was so important for Kenyans. You'd think that in that meeting, they were discussing how more than 1.7 million Kenyans are out of jobs since January, despite the fact that 87% of Kenyans can attest to food prices going up. You'd think that in that meeting, they were discussing how 54% of Kenyans are living with reduced salaries, making 75% of Kenyans unable to repay their loans. You think that in that meeting they were discussing how 63% of Kenyans are unable to pay their rent, while 60% are unable to pay it to completion. No, they were discussing who is going to be the majority senior leader and who is not going to be, who is going to step down, who is going to be impeached. As if that's the biggest fish we have to fry right now. That's what is most important to them, not us. And you see the Bible says that leaders should not only be concerned with the well-being of their people, but they should be responsive. Look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the cupbearer of a king and it was a really prestigious position. But he saw how his fellow Jews were suffering. He saw what they were going through and he asked to be relieved from his duties and go and try and help them. Nehemiah traveled 800 miles. He stopped doing what was convenient for him and focused on the greater good of his community. He was comfortable being uncomfortable but for a greater good. Those are the kind of leaders that we need. Those are the kind of leaders that we want in this country. And do you know that there's some punishment for not being concerned and responsive? Let's juxtapose the story of Eli and that of Nehemiah. Eli knew that his sons were desecrating the temple. He knew that they were taking sacrifices meant for God for themselves. He knew that they were sleeping with women despite the fact that they were supposed to be holy. He knew all these things, but he did not respond to them. And consequently, God also punished him for that. Eli was very holy, by the way. He was, he was a good guy, but because of his non-action, he was punished for it. 
and now thinking about being concerned and responsive to our plight i was just thinking about it's just funny how when elections are nearing there's enough t-shirts and caps for everyone to the extent that people still wear them up to date but when it's time to save our lives when we need masks when we need ppes there are no donations very few like this and you know the worst part of it all the donations which were given to us by jakma stolen that's the country we are in. 